Hey, what's up? It's me, David, host of the First Four Years podcast. Carving out your own path as a creative professional or an entrepreneur is not just a simple to follow process. It's an unfolding journey of self-discovery, learning, and development. So think of this podcast as a journal of that process, what it's really like in the early phase of starting out and building your own path as a creative today. And if you're coming with me on that journey, let's take that next step forward. Welcome to the first four years. Okay, so you're at a party and the inevitable thing happens that you get introduced to somebody new. And if you live in New York City, if you live in a bigger city, this is very common. But what happens is very quickly, the conversation turns into the question that you know inevitably will come up in any conversation with a new person which is, of course, as you know, the question, what do you do? Now, I used to hate this question. I used to dread people turning that spotlight on me and asking, David, so tell me, what do you do? Whenever I met somebody new, it comes up. It's such a part of our American culture. And I honestly would freeze up. I... Literally, I'm pretty sure I've had panic attacks come on from that question specifically. And so what I want to talk about in today's show is how I went from freezing up, uh, stammering, not knowing what to say, having panic panic attacks, and honestly just like hating being places where I knew people were going to ask me that question, especially if it was in front of the group, to now actually enjoying um, and looking forward to that question because it is now uh, an asset to me. It's it's actually something that helps a lot of my work and it's something I look forward to. So we're gonna talk today some about uh, why it might be scary when that question comes up, what you can do about it and how you can change the perception of that question so that it's actually something that is really beneficial to your work and to your career. So to get started, Let's talk about why that question is scary. The first reason that question is scary is because sometimes we feel that people won't get what it is that we do. Now, if you are a lawyer or a doctor or something like that, it's a little bit easier because people can really categorize it in their brain. But if you're doing a job that's a little bit newer in in terms of the economy, it's often a little bit scary because you think, one, people won't really get it and it's hard to explain. So as far as you know, what I do, I found it very difficult to explain. It's like, hey, I run this stock photo site, but it's like a email list and it's like all these things and you kind of get caught up trying to prove yourself to that other person. And I think that's one of the first places that people go wrong is as soon as the spotlight is turned on them, they get this feeling that they now have to prove that what they're doing is acceptable to society. And so I think that's the first thing that was kind of slowing me down was honestly just a thought that kind of is normal to to believe because it's so common, but hey, this person's asking what I do. What I do is 
equivalent to who I am. Therefore, I need to prove myself and really explain so they get me. I want them to get me. It is this cool email list thing you have to understand. And so I think if you can relax a little bit in knowing that you don't have to over-explain um, or it's actually a chance or an opportunity to tell people about a new industry, that's the first way to start looking at this um, in a different light. So if you work in a strange biochemical field where you're doing an odd type of research, I recommend starting to look at that as this cool opportunity to let people know about a new uh, opportunity. Now, the flip side is also potentially a problem for you if you are in a more traditional job. I feel that it's possible there's a new stigma against being in that job. In fact, a lot of people I know who are in the accounting field, in the legal field, they sort of don't like this question because it feels in a similar way like they are letting uh, somebody else down by not doing something cooler. Like they'd like to say that I'm a whale trainer or a you know archaeologist that, that flies to Egypt every week, but instead they say, I'm an accountant, I'm an auditor. And so I think that it seems like it's a problem that we all have. So I, I want to run you through a quick method for how to pitch yourself in a way that's helpful uh, with a framework that gets people to understand what it is you do and like it no matter what it is that you do. But just keep in mind, like I said, um, if you can start to change your perception around this, as this isn't me on the spot having to prove myself, but instead it's a, it's a cool opportunity to share some of what I do to let the other person know. So before I hop into the framework, let's talk about one more reason you might be getting tripped up. Reason one is this feeling like you have to prove or hide. You have to prove that what you're doing is valuable or you have to hide the fact that you're not doing uh, archaeology work and instead you're at an accounting firm. The second reason you're getting tripped up, and I think this is actually one of the most important reasons, is you haven't figured out a strong answer to this question that you can practice and use every time it's asked. And what I mean is for how often this question gets asked, for how many times we're places where people ask what we do, we actually haven't put in the time to craft one answer that we can train ourselves to say that we know is effective. And why is this a problem? The problem is Anytime you have to come up with something new on the spot, it is distressing for your brain to do that. So, you know, for me, I was kind of always getting panicky and stressed and stuck every time people asked me, okay, tell us what you do, David, because I never had an answer. I never had one answer that I would say. You know, sometimes I would tell people I'm a photographer. Sometimes I would tell people I have an email list. Sometimes I'd say I'm a wedding photographer, which was a lie, which is crazy that I would even do that. But the point is, if you don't have something you know that you're going to say ahead of time that you've practiced either in the world or on your own, your brain's going to be constantly in this like searching proving mode every time you get asked that question. Every time someone puts you on the spot, quote unquote, you have to come up with something new. And I think that's where a lot of the stress comes from. So if you have a line that's practiced, that you know is effective, that pitches yourself well, and you have it memorized and you can say it every time, then 
you why would you be scared of the question? Because you know what you're going to say. And of course, it can vary based on the conversation, but having that template is the key way to not be stressed by the question, what do you do? So what does that template look like? How can you create a template for that conversation that's effective, that makes you likable, that helps people understand you? And that's what we're going to talk about now. So before I jump into that, there's one more thing that I want to touch on, which is before we look at the template, we need to understand why somebody asks you this question. Yes, it's a proper thing to do. It's somewhat automatic. But what is it that people are really wondering when they ask that question? I'll give you a chance to think about that for a second. Okay, here's what I think that other people think when they ask that question. Here's why someone would ask that. And if you put yourself in their shoes, it's the quickest way to understand the template and framework for how to answer in the most effective way possible. Here's why somebody asks you, what do you do? One, they want to know if they like you. Do I like this person? Two, do I trust this person? Do they, do they get this sense that they can trust what you're saying and, and trust them in the future? Three, they want to know what's in it for them. They're only asking that question for that reason. The do I like you and do I trust you are filters to get to that question, what's in it for me? And then four, if it's not what's in it for me, it's what's in it for someone in my network, my friends, my family. So again, this is the reason that people ask you this question, and this is how we're going to think about building that template for yourself, uh, which could be your, your homework from this episode. Here it is. One, do I like this person? Two, do I trust this person? Three, what's in it for me? And four, what's in it for my friends, my family, my network? Those are the checkboxes in somebody else's brain whether they know this or not, when they ask that question. So as we build this pitch for yourself, and I think the the idea here, a goal, is that if you struggle with this problem, you can craft a pitch using this framework so that you no longer have a hard time pitching what you do. And so I'm going to give an example of an effective pitch, and we're going to walk through these steps one by one to craft an effective answer to the question, what do you do? Okay, so here's the example pitch I'm going to use, and then I'm going to break it down step-by-step through that four-point framework. Let's say that you happen to be a, uh, let's see, a book publisher at a major publishing house. You work for Penguin, the the book company. I, I like that book company. And you're at a party. You are the person who finds new up-and-coming authors for Penguin, and you sign them on and give them their first book deal. Let's let's hear what a pitch as uh, that person might look like if it's an effective pitch. So you're at this party, someone comes up, comes up to you, they say, so David, what do you do? Oh, well, thanks so much for asking. Well, you know, I used to work in computer programming and all that math, all those numbers, I just totally realized 27 years into my life that that wasn't for me. 
And so I made a career transition. I honestly jumped out and I thought about what it was as a child that I loved doing. And I realized that my true passion is reading books. So I, I made a career jump. I landed in the book publishing world. And now what I get to do all day, which is so fun, is I get to find up-and-coming authors, read their books, read their manuscripts, and then sign them on to Penguin uh, Publisher, thus blowing them up and making them best-selling authors. So what I do is I get to read all day, all these new authors send me their scripts, I select the best ones, and we make them famous, and it's a blast. Okay, so I'm going to break down each of those sentences that I said in that pitch, but I feel that that's an effective way to talk about what it is you do. So you might remember that the way I started was not talking about book publishing. Did that catch your catch your ear? <laughs> did that make you think for a second? Why did I do that? Because the reason I did that is the first two points are, do I like you and do I trust you? And you can build that likability factor and that trust factor by showing that you're human. And so I, I started by talking about how I made a big mistake. I was in the totally wrong career path. I set up the context for the why behind what I do by talking about um, my previous life and kind of giving them that story to sort of go off of. So I said, you know, I used to be in programming, math wasn't my thing. Then I thought back to my childhood and remembered that I had a passion for reading. And then I transitioned that, that passion into what I do. But remember, the whole purpose of this pitch is what's in it for me. And so what I made sure I did with the way I pitched my, my um, career as a book publisher was it was all about what they could get. And that's why I framed it as my job is finding new talent, new, uh, new authors, and then blowing them up to best-selling authors through our publishing house. And so for the person who's listening, what's in it for me? Maybe they want to write a book someday. Maybe that's been a dream of theirs. Um, maybe they want to get into that field themselves. And so I talked about how fun it is getting to read all day. And that also answered the question, what's in it for my friends? So if I hear that, one, I'm psyched to meet a book publisher because I'm like, dang, I'm trying to write a book someday. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to know this person. And the second part is, even if I never want to write a book, I definitely have friends who are interested. And so it really opens the door for multiple conversations. You know, they could say, oh, that's so interesting. You know, I'm in computer programming, but I realize I love it. Or I totally get what it's like to jump career fields. I actually made a big mistake in my career, which we all have. Or, uh, wow, that's so interesting. I'd love to send you my writing. Or, you know what? My brother has this great book that he's working on. I should totally send it to you. So that's why this framework is important. That's why it's helpful. That's why it is effective in actually giving people what they want when they ask that question. And I know it's strange to think about this in frameworks. You want to be natural. Of course, you adapt and, and change the way you would in any conversation as it flows. But the point is, 
And this is what I brought up earlier. If you don't know what you're going to say, you're always going to be searching for an answer and coming up with it on the spot. And when you're on the spot, you get nervous. When you think it's this pressured uh, time to prove yourself that you're doing something interesting or hide, that maybe you're doing something that culturally isn't quote unquote uh, as cool, which is also BS. Um, I think that this framework is really going to help you in opening up and eventually looking forward to getting that question. Because as you can see in my example, you leave the conversation better off. That person wants to hear more from you. They want to follow up with you. They're excited. They got to connect with another human. So if I, somebody who can, who, who literally went from having a panic attack, like I'm not kidding. I, I would freeze up. I remember being in this, um, this dinner for entrepreneurs and almost everybody at the dinner had sold a company for more than a million dollars. And so I was probably 25 at the time, definitely was not doing that well. I don't know how I got, got the invite there, but everybody went around the table talking about what they did. And when it got to me, I like stammered <laughs> for, you know, a few seconds and I, I had never practiced. I, I didn't know what I was going to say beforehand, which looking back is silly. And so I hope this framework helps you just to recap when you go home uh, or if you're home now and you want to write this down and build your own framework. Do I like you? Do I trust you? What's in it for me? what's in it for my friends and build your pitch around those ideas. And I think you're going to find a lot more success. Start practicing with real people. And once you have enough repetition, I think you're going to be great at this. All right. And that's it. I am so psyched to be able to send you this podcast. Please, please review, uh, subscribe, download. It makes a big difference in keeping, uh, keeping this thing going and uh, send me any questions if you'd like. I'll put my email in the show notes so you can find it. If you have questions about crafting your pitch, if you want to practice your pitch with me by sending me an audio message, happy to give you that feedback. And I will talk to you very soon. Thanks again.